This is the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman, CPA, and I happen to be Art Wiederman, CPA. He was available this morning to do this podcast, and he is here. And uh, I am a dental-specific CPA located in Southern California uh, in the city of Tustin near Disneyland. And uh, I am, uh, I've been a dental CPA for 35 years. We have, uh, in our CPA practice, we work with about 250 dental uh, dentists, uh, probably 175 dental practices. We work with associates and lots of different groups and stuff. I'm also a very proud member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, which is a group of 24 dental CPA firms, firms that specialize in nothing but dentists that work with over 9,000 dentists nationwide. And if you are not working with a dental-specific CPA, you really need to do so. Today's show will be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, When I started in dentistry in 1984, uh, the technology was, they, they did have dental chairs, they had dental units. In 1989, the first interoral camera came out at the California Dental Association Convention. But we didn't have much uh, uh, digital, uh, you know, digital x-ray. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I remember lasers. And we certainly didn't have CAD CAM technology. Well, today our guest is Dr. Justy Carvelite, who spent five years of her life. She's a practicing dentist, and she spent five years of her life uh, as a CEREC trainer and uh, we are going to talk about CAD CAM technology in the dental office. We're going to talk about when it's appropriate, who's it appropriate for. We're going to talk about some of the math and the numbers behind it, because I do have many clients that have purchased the technology, and um, it works really, really well. And it's it's come full circle in 20-plus years, so we'll let Dr. Carvelite talk about that in a moment. Um, I want to give you a little information. Um, if you wanted to get a hold of me, there's two ways to do so. You can email me at artweederman at gmail.com if you have a question that you would like me to maybe read on the air, or if you uh, have a topic you would like to um, have discussed on the show, I'll certainly consider it because this is this is to help you uh, and educate uh, my dentists listening to the program. Um You can also call me at my office in Tustin at 714-259-0505. You can go onto our website, which is www.hmwccpa.com. Go to the resources section of our website and then click on podcast and you will see all of the podcasts that we have published. I think this is, I don't remember, 35 or 36 that we're doing today. We started back in December of 2018. Um, we are now in uh, 56 countries. We've been downloaded close to 20,000 times. It is just an honor uh, to do this work for you and for the dental profession and to give something back to the profession that's uh, uh, allowed me to raise a family and to to help dentists for close to 35 years. So I want to uh, start with a, a quick uh, metrics tip today is what I want to do. And I want to talk about reappointment of your patients. Now, this is one we talk about with our doctors all the time in our mid-year and year-end meetings. And, uh, you know, every single time you you talk to a, uh, a a person in the front office, they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we reappoint everybody. Everybody gets reappointed. Nobody leaves here without their next hygiene appointment. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is that the national average for reappointment of dental patients is under 55%. And we use um, metric software and, and uh, dashboards, which you should all be using. And certainly give me a call. I can talk to you about the different ones that are out there. Um, and uh, this will tell you what it is. I mean, what, what the percentage is. Now, we understand that airline pilots are probably not going to reappoint. Uh, we understand that people who have uh, are maybe in outside sales who do a lot of traveling, it's really hard for them to pin down a date for an appointment. 
But most people that are patients of your practice will be able to do that. And you should have at least 90%, yes, folks, 90% of the patients that leave your office after an appointment, a hygiene appointment, should be reappointed for another hygiene appointment. And whether that's three months, four months, or six months depends on the, um, you know, the periodontal situation and everything. But that needs to happen. And if it's not, you have revenues that are walking out the door. Uh, you have appointments that are not being made and you're losing revenue. So your reappointment, again, is how much, what percentage of your patients are appointing when they leave their last hygiene appointment. So that's my little metrics tip of the day. Okay, so my guest today, uh, actually a client of our practice, is Dr. Justy Carvalite. Dr. Carvalite has had an interesting journey. She uh, started her career uh, working as the technical director of a company called Implant Direct for about three years, where she was helping doctors uh, with phone support. And then she went to work for Patterson Dental and was a CEREC specialist for five years. And that is why she is much more knowledgeable than I. And that's why she is going to be talking to us today about CEREC. And uh, she's now in private practice in Southern California. She graduated dental school, actually, uh, from Western University of Health Sciences uh, in 2018. And she happens to be a very, very nice young lady. So, Dr. Justy Carvalite, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance. Hi, glad to be here. Oh, thank you for coming on and taking your time this morning. Um, so, uh, first, tell us, uh, I, I gave a little bit of your um, your story, but uh, you know, walk us through your journey and how you ended up uh, uh, working with Patterson and, and, and why you really like uh, liked that work that you did. Well, um, I wanted to be a dentist since I was six. Wow, and- six? <laughs> I wanted yeah. to be a baseball player since I was six, but I didn't. <laughs> I think I won a lottery with just knowing what I wanted to do. So at 18, and I kind of just, you know, wanted to be independent, moved to Los Angeles to go to school here. Okay. Yeah, because at 18, you, you think that, you know, you just move, go to school, and that's it. That's just kind of how it works. That's right. Yeah, you, you know, learn different. So. <laughs> Um, I started going to school part-time and working in dentistry full-time and, you know, went from dental assisting to dental office manager and, you know, then finally to implant direct and from implant direct to Patterson because it was all just technology moving and everything excited me about dentistry. So I was just looking for new challenges and, uh, yeah, I kept applying to dental school it took me actually four years to get in. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. And you went so, to Western and graduated last year. Yes. Yes. So needless to say, I was the older one in the class. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did talk to a, a doctor yesterday, uh, the other day who uh, is in his first year of dental school and he's 43. So, you yeah. know, I, I mean, you, you just never know when you're going to get the, get the bug or the passion to, to, to do this. But um so uh, you really liked your time working at Patterson on CERIC. What was the most interesting part about uh, your job? So that one was very exciting because it was, I get to meet a lot of doctors. And, uh, you know, when you would do a demonstration about the unit, then we would work with live patients. So it let me be, you know, almost in the doctor chair, but actually standing next to them. So until that point, I've been in every single seat in the dental office, just not the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you are, right? Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. So let's get into our topic, uh, Dr. Carvalite. Um, give us a little bit of history about the CEREC. I know that um, I, I know that it had it's it's had its ups and downs, and I know it goes way back. In fact, I had mentioned I thought back to 2001, and you you said it went even earlier. So yeah, just give us a little history of the gyration of, of where it's come from and how it got to be uh, where it is today. Yeah. So it actually started, I think, somewhere in 1980s. Really? Yes. And uh, back then, obviously, there, it was not a 3D technology. It was a 2D technology. It was this huge machine where the computer screen the tv was together with the oh my goodness scanner and uh you pretty much you know kind of got the composite block out of it and had to fit it to the tooth so it wasn't that successful yet but um later on once the 
3D technology came out and it was using uh, infrared light to scan that was called the red cam. Okay. That's already started, you know, picking up more speed and people started seeing the benefits and the restoration fit was already comparable to the one of the lab. It was back, back like what, 20 years ago, maybe? Well, no, red cam, maybe 15, I would say okay. almost 20. Yeah. Okay. And then what happened after the red cam? So after the red cam, uh, I haven't, I worked with red cam only when I was dental assistant. And then the blue cam was when I finally started working for Patterson. Okay. That was almost 10 years ago. And uh, so that's when the blue cam came out. You still had to use powder to scan the teeth because it was reflective surfaces. So, but um, the milling technology was already great. We already have, they came out with a MCXL milling unit that worked a lot faster. Okay. That's when the speed of milling came out. And then we really, the um, Serona released a Serac Omnicam that did not, uh, does not require any more powder, scans reflective surfaces. And um, I mean, technology just kept improving and a lot of software updates for design purposes. It just became more user-friendly. And now just a couple of months ago, uh, they came out with PrimeScan. Prime scan. Tell us about that. Yeah. So prime scan is, um, you know, touch screen. It's all has all the bells and whistles of that. But what the biggest improvement is in scanning speed and how it stitches images and data that it gets. And um, I can do a full art scan in 59 seconds. We actually measured. Nine seconds. Yeah. How to get it under a minute, right? Under a minute. Yeah. We, we had all of the Sarah trainers were trying it out and we had a scan off. You <laughs> can do it faster. Okay. So, so we, we did that on our accounting front. When I was at Deloitte, and this is in the early eighties, right? We yeah. had, um, we, we had a competition as to who could add up a column of numbers on a calculator the fastest. What? So that's kind of like what you did, right? Yes. I yes. mean, I, I guess we're all nerds when it comes to that. Don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> I like being a nerd. <laughs> so, so this technology, so you can now scan. So after the doctor designs the 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 unit, um, uh, the restoration, it can get scanned in fifty nine seconds. Wow! Now, I was I was at our dental CPA meeting a couple of years ago in uh, Minneapolis, and they actually brought a, a CEREC and a milling unit, and they showed us, and we clocked it that you can actually mill now in six minutes. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah, so it depends which material you're using, but yeah, pretty much uh, you can produce a single unit crown in six to seven minutes. Wow, that's amazing. And um, for the benefit of our, of our listeners who may not be dentists or who may not know what CEREC stands for, I'm going to tell you. It stands for Chairside Economical Restoration of Aesthetic Ceramics. Try yeah. saying that fast three times, right? <laughs> so there you go. But that's what CEREC stands for. So so let's 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 get more into the discussion. So, what type of a dental practice do you think is best for this technology? I would say a practice that you know, like most of the uh, general practices, most of the work eighty percent is restorative, right? Right. And people that do a lot of you know single unit you know posterior restorations, um, uh, and bridges and implant restorations, because now Sarek has such a wide area of services that it can provide. And I feel like a lot of doctors are not aware of the capabilities of the machine. And Well, I want you, that's why you're here. I want you to tell us. I was reading on, uh, on the internet because I, I, do, I do a good bit of uh, probably too much preparation for all these shows. And yeah. I was, I was um, looking at their, um, uh, their, you know, how they do guided implants with the technology. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so with CEREC, you can do an implant restoration, either scro-retained or um, as a, a one unit, or you can mill out a custom abutment and then uh, crown on top of that. So you pretty much, uh, it would cost you $159 because you order a tie base from Serona for your specific dental um, implant, and but you know, you buy the specific connection. Right. So you buy the uh, titanium interface, you screw that into the implant and you scan that with your CEREC and then you can design either a screw retained or cementable restoration. You mill it out of Emacs 
It takes about seven minutes. You crystallize it. And then the Thai base gets uh, cemented together with the restoration. And there you have it. You can restore those implants in, you know, in an hour and a half. Wow. As opposed to the traditional way where it takes several visits, probably? Yeah. So traditionally, you will, you know, put in the um, impression coping, take a physical impression, or you could, if you have the impression scanner, you can scan it and send it to the lab and wait for the lab to send it back. So that's when you um, have the patient come back and, you know, deliver the restoration. Wow. That's, that is really, really, really cool. But again, I want, let, let's talk a little bit. So <clears throat> doctors, if you have an HMO type practice and, you know, you're on a fixed fee with an insurance company and getting co-pays, um, this technology, I think, is uh, handwritten for you. Uh, a lot of the big um, national dental chains have CAD CAM uh, technology. Uh, the um, and I also think, Doctor Doctor Carvelite, that the PPO practices where you're uh, taking discounted fees um, yeah. uh, with contracting, where you, you know your your profit margin is not what it would be in a fee for service practice. That this technology is also really important. Do you see that in a lot of offices that use PPOs? Definitely, because, you know, even like sometimes uh, previously when I worked for, you know, different offices, if a patient chooses a, you know, porcelain fused to metal restoration, they want to upgrade them for free because it is cheaper for us to produce everything in office than, you know, send everything out to the lab because we're even saving on the cementation appointment and all of the disposables. So that is at least $50 in, you know, turnaround. And the cool thing about this technology, and again, I, I'm obviously not a dentist. I don't play one on TV, I, but I've learned enough to be very dangerous, is that patients really like not having to come back for that second appointment and not have to walk around with the temporary that's uncomfortable or might even fall out or break or something, right? Yeah. The ones that have never had a crown done before. Then they're like, you know, kind of like this is the first time. So it's like a lot of things. But still, it's cool for them to see the design process. I usually walk them to the milling unit, make them click the start button and say, well, now, since you made it, if anything's wrong, it's your fault. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If, it, if it doesn't work, it's on you. I have, It's on you, yeah. yeah don't, no, don't, don't talk to me about it. You screwed up the crown. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there you go. And... um so, um, so with that, and then in a fee, this is interesting. So I've also heard that, uh, one of my consultant friends told me that a, that, that this technology is really good if the doctor really wants to control, uh, the product. I mean, do, do you see that a lot? Yes. You know, talk so, about that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, all the doctors, we all think that, you know, because, you know, we're the doctor, we, you, you get the control of designing the crown. And then I see most of the mistake and I'm guilty of this too. We start perfecting that restoration with, you know, that mouse sitting there. We could spend an hour on uh -huh. the crown. So it's just very important that somebody would cut you off once it's good <laughs> because, you know, you can keep going back and all, because all, all of a sudden you have all of this control. And obviously we're all control freaks, you know, that's why we're in dentistry. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, but yeah, I also like it because if I mill it out, it's, you know, and I don't like it, it's only six minutes. I can change it. I can do a lot of things and then redo it. It's six, it's six minutes. It's not another two weeks. That's right. Now, the and again, depending on how long you've been a dentist, um, you know, some dentists, uh, if, they're, if they're not using a CAD CAM technology, uh, they'll do a crown prep. I, I've heard anything from 15 minutes to 45 yeah. minutes, depending on, you know, I, I always, I always can tell, uh, you know, with an accountant or an attorney or a dentist or a physician or any professional, how quickly they work by going to lunch with them. If they're wolfing down a salad in like three minutes, I know that they would produce a hundred thousand dollars in a dental office. And if they don't, then, uh, if they're eating real slow, they might, might not. And that, that's, and I'm usually right on that, but it just depends on how long it takes but from beginning to end, when I sit down to start designing that crown to the time I push the button and send it to the milling machine, what are we talking, 15, should 20 minutes? no more than 10 minutes. 10 I minutes. Mean, honestly, it should be five. So how does it work when I have multiple units? Do you do, is it 10 minutes for each unit or is it? 
Well, yeah, just yesterday I milled a bridge. It was three unit bridge and milling was around 23 minutes. Okay. And, you know, uh, crystallizing it in the oven was another 24 minutes. So I usually just tell either put on Netflix for them or tell my patients to bring a book or a laptop to work. But they appreciate that. They know they get, you know, time to relax and, you know, just warm them ahead of time. And, and so, so basically I've heard that this technology is, um, probably an hour and a half to two hours from beginning to end for the patient. Yes. That that's about, that's a give give or take about how long it is. Talk about, you, you were saying that there are some other, um, other things that Sarek does that, um, uh, that may, maybe doctors don't know about. We talked a little bit about, um, uh, uh, guided uh, implants and things like that. What what are some of uh, talk about the other things? Let's get into some detail here. Yeah. So besides the single unit crowns, bridges, also veneers, right? Uh, or ortho, you scan. You know now all of the ortho systems. You, you know clear aligners. All of them accept Cerex scans. Um, implant restorations. We talked about making uh, abutments and. Uh, actual implant crowns. Um, another thing, if you have a 3D cone beam, you can scan the patient's head, design, um, do your implant surgery guide, right? After you pl- place the implant into your uh, Cydexa software of the 3D cone beam, uh, that information can get now plugged into CEREC and you're milling out your own surgical guides. Oh my goodness, seriously? Yes. Wow. 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 So there's a, there's a lot of, you know, capabilities that Sarah can do for the office. Okay. That, 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 that it maybe couldn't do, uh, before, uh, how about in, I I mean, I, I, it's funny. I have, um, in fact, uh, uh, one of my clients is, is very, very, you know, numbers oriented and they looked at buying, uh, uh, a Sarah and they actually did and actually said that one of the best things they use it for are inlays and onlays. Talk about that. Yeah, inlays and onlays also, it's because it actually allows the doctor to save more tooth structure. We, we don't have to create everything always a crown. Right. Because with CEREC, you can just take out exactly what you don't want, and all of the healthy tooth structure can get reinforced with the you know inlay or an on, onlay ceramic restoration. So I think that's a great um and a great way to show the patients that how I say it, you know, the tooth has is on the train and the first stop is a filling. Second stop is an <laughs> inlay only. And then the last stop will be the crown. So do you want to go from the filling to the last stop or do you want to stop in the middle? <laughs> so we'll call this Thomas the Tank Engine by Sarek by Dr. <laughs> Justy Carbone. Yeah. I like that. There yeah. you go. Let, let's talk about the training. So you buy you buy this machine, and and again, I mean, let, let's be honest that the the machine is in the neighborhood of one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and forty thousand dollars with yes. the milling unit and everything. That's about what what it is these days. Yes, you know that there's now there are different kind of milling units available. Now you can do chair side zirconia as well. It just depends what kind of package you're gonna assemble for yourself. And usually the you know Sarek um, specialist from Patterson will, will help you choose you know, what's best for your practice. Well, can, can you give us maybe two or a couple of different, if you were going to go into Dr. Wiederman, um, yeah. uh, who Dr. Wiederman would probably like break it within 30 seconds. But um, if you went into <laughs> Dr. Wiederman and said, okay, Dr. Wiederman, these are your choices for the different options to purchase this technology. What are the different options? Uh, I would probably pull up um code list of, you know, most um, procedures that are mostly done in the office. If it's mostly just single unit restorations and a couple of bridges, a couple of implant crowns, right? Just like regular restorative, then you can go with like just the MCX and the prime scan, right? But if you're like already thinking about, you know, placing implants, doing doing your um, surgical guides, doing chair size zirconia, then you go with the, you know, the Cadillac system. You just go all in. (laughs) Right. Just depends on what your office, what kind of, client base you have and and obviously for an hmo type of an office that's maybe doing less expensive zirconia or less expensive crimes they would go with which which one uh you know mcxl and the prime scan okay 
And then now, do you see? And, and we have a lot of doc. And, and again, I've talked to I talked to hundreds and hundreds of doctors every year, and some of them, you know, they're starting to come around because I, I I would get five or ten years ago. Oh well, I I don't believe in the restoration. So talk about, and I'll come back to the training in a minute, but while I'm thinking about it, talk about the, the restoration. I mean, I know that many, again, many of my doctors just said, I don't think it's a, a good enough restoration. They always talk about, I would only do a restoration that I would put in my mouth or my mom's mouth or my wife's yeah. mouth. And, but the restoration, how does it compare to the one that we get at the lab? Well, so the funny thing is, well, I used to hear that a lot. The funny thing is, I think it's 95% of restorations that come out of the lab are CAD CAM restorations. That's what I've heard too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's the same technology that the lab is using. The problem is when you don't have proper training or you expect the CEREC machine to make dental decisions for you, Ah. that's when we run into problems. And, you know, doctors are used to technology solving so many problems for them that all of the seven they're saying, why is it not telling me that my prep is not good? And, you know, I'm sorry, but it is just a computer and it's calculating just the data points. We are the dentist still. And that's why we have the control. It's up to us to design a good restoration. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, because what we tell the machine to do, that's what it's going to produce. So if we don't take our time with drying the tooth, preparing our field, scanning probably too fast or putting in too much data, then, you know, marking the margin, not the correct way or like falling off and, you know, just kind of rushing through it, right? Then the restoration is probably not going to be good. That's right. And then obviously when you go to cement the restoration, you're going to see that. And that's yes. kind of embarrassing to the embarrassing to the doctor and say, oh, well, wait a minute, you have this technology here and, and, and you didn't even get it right. Yeah, or you can say, hey, I saw something, you know, I can, I think I can improve a little bit. And, you know, I, I think I people would really appreciate that. I have done that where I looked at it and I said, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> and I would tell them, hey, or do you have an extra, you know, 15 minutes because I want to redo this one. And they say, oh, yes, doctor, do whatever you need to do. That's right. As long as it doesn't cost them any additional money. Exactly. The, right. So, so, so let's talk about the, so the training. And, and by the way, I want to take a minute here in a second and let you give out your information because folks, um, Dr. Carvalite, uh, does CEREC training. So, um, she is available for you. And, um, you know, we're, like I say, we're in Southern California, but she's available for you and also as a resource with questions and stuff. So what, what do you do when you, when a doctor hires you? They buy the machine. Now, now they get they get training as part of the purchase of the machine. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So you get so first the CEREC specialist will come to your office, you know, do the installation for a couple of hours, do like the very basic training. And I would suggest I would always suggest my doctors to, you know, start working on the type non. Um, start, you know, still send crowns to the lab, but start trying to scan. So for a couple of weeks, you're like, you know, trying to getting used to the machine to scanning. And then you get two-day basic training at one of the branches. And uh, it just covers, you know, the very basics. And then afterwards, there's quite a few different resources that you can go. But that's when the training starts getting a little bit expensive. So so, so, so you, uh, you, would, uh, you would have the doctor go through. They buy the machine. They would go through the basic training. But you're saying the basic training is just how to turn the switch on and um, how to push the milling, <laughs> the milling switch. And that's about <laughs> and it. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really up to the doctor to just keep advancing in, in the Sarah technology and the training and seek out help. You know, and there's a lot of resources. Sarah has been around for so long that, you know, people that started using it very early, we're all fanatics. So we all want everybody to enjoy it. So there's a lot of resources and that's why, yeah, I'm available for, any questions, health materials, and stuff like that. So, so when you go into an office, the mm-hmm. doctor has probably had the technology for six yeah. months, a year. What What are you doing with them? Are you just kind of fine-tuning their skills and really getting into the weeds? Yeah. You know, usually I would see, like, what are the biggest problems? What do they want to improve? And see if, what you know, what are they using it for? The, 
train them on how to do bridges or interior restorations because uh, people try to shy away from those or even implant restorations, which that would save a lot of money from the lab fees. Right. So, yeah. So it just, it's about what everybody want, needs an improvement on, you, you know, just, just sharing all of those secret handshakes and tips and tricks oh. of the software. Why don't you give out your, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they have any questions or they might want to have you come in and help them with, uh, with their CEREC? Uh, so my email is drjusty at smilehqdental.com. Okay. Let's spell that. Dr. J-U-S-T-E. Yes. Go ahead. At, at smilehqdental.com. Okay. And um, uh, phone number, if they wanted to give you a call, or is the best way to get you through is through email? My phone number is 310-666-5853. Sounds good. And, and doctors, you're spending a lot of money on this technology. I do have doctors who have, um, they've bought it. And they don't use it as much as they should. It it sits there. I mean, you know, you buy a new toy, you use it once, and then you put it on the shelf. Well, this is a really expensive yeah. toy to put on the shelf and stuff. Yeah. So um, what are the biggest mistakes that doctors make in using this technology, Dr. Carvalite? I think it's depending on the dental decisions on the machine, uh, not following through with training. Uh, obvious on honestly you know the doctor could even save a lot I had some doctors that were in their 70s and invested in the technology because they had a great assistant that was just gonna design it for them so okay so let's get into that discussion as far as the the dental team's involvement first of all Mm -hmm. the front office is not going to be doing any of the work on the machine but does the front office need to have some verbal skill training on how to talk to the patients about this? Because maybe a patient's had three or four crowns and they've never had one done in the office. Is, it, is there some training needed for the front office to yeah. talk you about know, that? I think the best way, uh, you know, to do, I think if the front office needs a restoration, if the doctor could just do it on them or have them in the room while they go through the whole procedure. Because no, no script, nothing is going to explain things better than a person seeing how the procedure is done and what Sarah does and how it's scannable. Because that's when all of the light bulbs go off. And once the front office gets excited about it, they start telling everybody, oh, my gosh, you know, the doctor did this on me. It was so great. Look how it looks. They start pulling their lips, showing people across the counter because they, they start connecting with people more. And it's not just selling; it's just excited about something and sharing, you know, with people. And and then you know, hygienists too, because they 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 are the ones. And as you all know, doctors, your hygienists are in many cases the gatekeeper. The front office has the relationship on the phone, but it's that hygienist who that patient sees every single visit, who is the one that you know they're talking about when every time they go in. Well, you know, okay, so how? Uh, did did your did your son Jeff graduate from college and all this stuff? Well, if that hygienist is sold is not sold on that technology, then that's a problem, isn't it? Definitely. So the, yeah, the whole team should be, but usually it's not a problem. Everybody is excited about getting a new toy, the computer. It looks you know great. You can you can hear when it's scanning. You can change different music that comes out of it. You know so. And people are excited to see get get stuff getting produced right at the office. So. And, and like you were saying earlier, you you know, I think I think from a marketing standpoint of your practice, I think this technology is amazing. And I, I I'm, I'm going to guess doctors maybe don't use it as much for marketing. In other words, you take the, I mean, take five or ten minutes, have the assistant um, take five or ten minutes, and go through the whole process and show them. And, and you look at that Definitely. and that, that is really cool, right? Is that what you do? Definitely. I actually, with new patients, you know, sometimes you want to show off that you have it, but you don't know how. So I usually just roll it in and use it as my intraoral camera. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, so you can use that as just an oral camera and do still pictures or a video. So you can uh, also, you can, you know, take a quick video of full arch of occlusal surfaces and, you know, you can stop it and show the patient, oh, here, you know, this is just a stain. Uh, this one is, you know, all composite. It starts leaking a little bit right here. And when people see it, you know, you're, you're not just telling them what they need. At, the, at this point, you're getting them involved with you in the co-diagnosis, sort of. Yep, yeah, that's right. And, and, and we need that sometimes. Um, yeah. 
I know that for years, everybody has told me that the CEREC and the CAD-CAM technology is much better for posterior restorations than anteriors. Uh, is that changing? Well, yes, definitely. It was only because doctors were scared to uh, do anterior restorations themselves. Okay. So, right, if I think it just needs a good selection of material that you use. So I would use Empress um, materials because they're not monochromatic. You can use polychromatic blocks and you produce more translucency. And, you know, uh, I've done, you know, veneer cases in the front and they look great. Really? Where I, I felt like I produced, a, you know, as good of a restoration as the lab would. And or some people that, you know, can't really afford, but I'm like helping them out, friends. And so I I think it's great. So the uh, and again, the different let's talk for a minute. We're going to get I want to get into the numbers now of this, because that's uh, as I always say, we're required by law member FDIC (laughs) uh, to get into the numbers of whatever we're talking about, because this is the art of dental finance. So first of all, let's talk about the costs of uh, of a unit you have to buy the block of it's it's porcelain or zirconium what what are the different options for the blocks there the blocks oh that's a there's over 25 blocks or 30 blocks available oh there are emax empress lithium uh lithium silicate uh from vita um emax from ivoclar empress from ivoclar all of the companies have one there's composites uh, with zirconia blocks there's not uh, i mean whatever floats your boat but, <laughs> but that but, out there. but that so, goes that goes back to that this is the doctor's um having decision. to get involved and you, you just don't buy the technology and you don't have to do any more work yeah yeah no you actually but it usually uh, makes people more excited to go back to work they're more excited about dentistry because now there's a like something new, greater thing that you're doing. So getting back to the cost, um, cost of the restoration for the doctor is around $35, I think. Each. Yeah, that's about what kind I like, And that's already, I'm already kind of adding a few dollars on for staining glaze and all of the disposables that you use. Right. And um, do the insurance companies, uh, is there any kind of issues that we have to know about with, with billing this through, insurance if we're doing it through a lab versus a a, a Sarah crown is there any anything no, we need to you know? know maybe maybe over 10 years ago something you know they would they would see like well when when did you cement it and you would have to uh say that you cemented the same day um but i think it's been out there for so long now that it's not those problems do not come up anymore okay all right well let's get into some numbers so okay. you and i were talking before the show and obviously, if we have a brand new practice that doesn't have a whole lot of patients and maybe they're doing two to five units uh, and they've just spent a half a million dollars building out their dental office or they bought a practice that's small, may not be appropriate at that point. So, you know, let's do some math here. You, you, you're talking about the, the, the monthly cost. Usually we finance this over, what, five years, I think? Over five years, and it's always uh, usually approximately monthly payment is $2,500. Okay, so $2,500. Now, doctors, I, I was, um, you know, I, I've, I've talked to doctors who will only use the finest labs, and they're paying three to $500 a unit. Um, prosthodontist is a different conversation because it's a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just say for our, um, our general dentists out there, I'm going to use a number, and you are one. So if we say about $150 per unit, uh, if we go to the lab, is that a fair average number? Yeah, or, or 100 I mean, it just really depends on the lab the doctor is using. Right. So if we're talking that we're paying 100 if we're saying $100 and yeah. the payment is 2500 yes. so that's 25 if we do 25 crowns, we save 2,500. But if we do 25 crowns, we're also paying $35 a unit. So that's yeah. another seven or $800 a month. So realistically, um, you know, I mean, we, we probably need to do maybe 25 to 35 units a month to make the technology pay for itself. To, yeah. Yeah. I think 
at 25, it already pays for itself because you were, you were right now we're comparing just apples to apples, crown fee, uh, crown fee to a crown fee, right? Right. But uh, there's also saving on uh, impression material, on temporary crown material on the second visit. That's true. So maybe that 25 to $35 that we're paying for the materials would be offset by the fact that we don't have that impression material. There um, you go. You know, it was interesting that I had uh, at our dental CPA meeting, uh, we, we've we hosted, our firm's hosted two of them. One was in 2005. I did it with my friend Ken Rubin in San Diego down at the um, Hotel Del Coronado. And I called, uh, I called David Hornbrook, who I've known for many, many years and is one of the uh, iconic people in dentistry. I mean, just an amazing clinician. And I said, so David, I, I need you to come. Um, I, I need you to talk to a bunch of dental CPAs. Um, and if you use anything over three syllables, we're, um, we're, we're going to be in big trouble. And, <laughs> and what he said was, uh, you know, I, I said to him, I said, what's going to change? Now, this is 2005. He says, I predict that in 10 years, we will not have impression material anymore. Yep. And it's going that way, isn't it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Just, uh, yeah, I think... I was looking around and I almost told myself, oh, I'm going to take an impression. And I found myself going towards the drawer and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I turned around, sat down, scanned it and sent it. I was like, what, what did I have? What's happening? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I will tell you, doctors, in, in, in a dental CPA office and Dr. Carvel, I'm going to take a second and kind of talk some numbers here is in a dental CPA, in a dental CPA office, I'll be all right. In a dental <laughs> office. Yeah, we we do crowns and bridges and tax returns. That's what we do. It's on our it's on our yeah. website. No, not really. So in a in a dental office, um, we used to quote in the eighties and the nineties that crown fees were eight, nine, ten percent of your office production. But what's happened is as this technology has come out over the years, and you know it, it has made labs more competitive. And they've had to drop the prices to be more competitive, and so now we quote six to nine, uh, six six to nine percent. So if you are able to knock, and let's say you have a million dollar practice, and let's look at the numbers this way, and you're paying eight percent for your lab bill, okay, that's eighty thousand dollars. If you can knock it down to about three or four percent, that's that's forty or fifty thousand dollars. It's going to cost you, you know, again, $2,500 a month, maybe $3,000 if you add in the cost of the of the materials. But then you're going to save, as Dr. Carvalite very uh, correctly pointed out, the, the, um, uh, that you're not going to have the impression material and the other things that go along with, with doing temporaries. And, and, and you're going to save money. And for if you have a big uh, HMO PPO practice, two, three, four million dollars, or you have multiple offices, I mean, that's got Sarek written all over it. And uh, Dr. Carvel, I'm going to take one second and talk about the tax benefits, and then we'll get to some other questions and, and wrap yeah. up the show. Um, the tax benefits today, ladies and gentlemen, are absolutely unbelievable. Um, as of uh, 2000, the end of 2017, so for 2018 and obviously 19 and 20 and going forward for several more years, Congress implemented what's called 100% bonus depreciation. So, Dr. Carvelite, we buy this machine. What'd you say? One hundred twenty-five, one hundred thirty, one hundred thirty-five thousand, right? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So, one hundred thirty thousand dollars, and you can literally write that off one hundred percent in the year you buy it. Now, I, I do need to put a caveat on this: if you operate your practice as a sole proprietor, or as an escort, uh, or as a partnership then yes, you can because you get what's called basis in the debt that you have. So if you're a sole proprietor, you signed a personal liability, you signed a, a note with the bank and you're personally liable on that. And the and the IRS says you're personally liable on that debt. You borrowed that 130000 You could write it off uh, in the year that you purchase, uh, <clears throat> that you place it in service. Same if you're in a partnership, if, you, if the debt is structured uh, correctly, and most times it is. Most of my doctors, especially in California, are because in California you can't be an LLC uh, and you don't want to uh, operate as a, a a straight partnership, but you can't be an LLC. So they're S corporations. 
here's what you need to do, doctors. If you're going to buy this technology, we're now in uh, this, uh, we're uh, uh, recording this show in, uh, in early August. So, uh, and it'll come out this month and uh, you'll listen to it sometime towards the end of the year. You'll go to your CPA and you'll say, listen, uh, I I heard uh, about, I'm looking at CEREC and I want to buy this. If you're an S corporation, here's the question you have to ask. It's this simple. Uh, Mr. or Mrs. CPA, um, do I have sufficient S corporation basis to take this right off this year? And if your CPA looks at you uh, like a deer in the headlights, call a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. Uh, go to our website, www.adcpa.org, because this is important because I have had doctors, I've had, I think it's four now, Dr. Carvelite, where they'll call me up and say, well, my, I, I, I'm, I'm switching CPAs because my CPA told me that, that I could write this off. And then we got to the tax return and we planned it that way. And he said, oh, you don't have sufficient S corporation basis. We don't need to get into what that is. You just need to write down S corporation basis to do that. So, okay, it, it's really important. Well, well, you have you have someone who knows who those, how those rules work, so you don't <laughs> yeah. have to you don't have to worry about. It. But um, but so so think about it, doctors. If you are living in a reasonably high income state, say it's maybe um, uh, you know New York, California, Illinois, Hawaii. Um, let's say that you have a you're in a federal tax bracket that maybe is. Uh, you know, you might be in a, a you know, say twenty eight percent federal, uh, or you know, thirty thirty one percent federal, and uh, your state might be six to nine. So you let, let's just say maybe you're in a marginal tax bracket that's thirty five thirty five percent. Okay, so uh, one of the great things about having an iPhone is it has a calculator. So let's <laughs> let's let's do let's yeah let's do the math here. So if we take one hundred and thirty thousand dollars times 35%, that is $45,500 in taxes that we have saved this year by purchasing the machine. And one of the cool things that we can do as CPAs, and I'm I'm digressing from the subject, but it's really important, is we don't have to take the whole write-off this year. Let's say, Dr. Carvelite, you you buy or start a practice and you just say, I, I am just madly in love with this technology. I don't. I know it costs us money. I know it's probably more than I can afford, and 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 I'm going to buy it now. By the way, you you've never seen anybody buy this technology where you're you're thinking really they don't need it, right? They they just buy it emotionally. No. We, we really sh- no, because uh, every every you honestly even if it was a startup or just a you know brand new practice that wasn't doing enough. This would give them like that kick, that excitement, and just sharing it. You know, when 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 the whole office is excited about something, it shows, and you know, even brings in more people. That's right, and it, and it is marketing. And um, so, what I'm saying is, is that you don't have to write the whole thing off in one year. You can take fifty percent bonus depreciation. You okay. can do five year depreciation. We actually did for one of our clients who bought this machine. It's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And I said to them, listen, I'm going to charge you a little more to do your tax return this year because what we're going to do is we're going to basically take the deduction in such a way. And I, I can, it's kind of like, it's kind of like my, you know, the tax code for depreciation is like my CIRAC. I can yes. control it, manipulate the numbers. So what I want to do is I don't want you doctors taking this tax deduction when you're in a 10% tax bracket. I don't want that. I don't want you taking it when you're low bracket. I want to, if you buy it in 2019, I want to save those tax write-offs going forward so that as you build your practice, as this technology helps you build your practice and you get into a higher bracket, that we can save those deductions for when you're in a higher tax bracket and we get a better tax bang um, for for your buck on this thing. So uh, I want to ask you another question. So I I know that you can buy used Cerex on uh, the internet and used milling machines. Talk about that for a second. I mean, you know, obviously uh, our clients are trying to save some money. What do you think about that? The only thing about that is, you know, that there's no training that come with that. So now you're going to have to seek out third party training. Uh, and, you know, if you're looking at that, I would, you know, try to ask for a serial number and then maybe reach out to your local, you know, CEREC specialist, you know, in Southern California, here we have Medi from Patterson. I know so Medi. Give them a call. 
give them, you know, the serial number, tell them what you're considering doing and just have a conversation. Maybe they're going to have a demo unit for you or at least help you see, you know, where that machine's coming from because, because Patterson has the Patterson Technology Center and that's great support. They, through, through a serial number, we can see how many times they have been called in to support, how many times have, you know, the unit has been serviced and stuff like that. So it's kind of a backlog of what happened to it. So now talk about multiple milling units. I mean, when you buy the technology for the 130000 or whatever it's going to be, that comes with one milling unit. Is that correct? Yes, that comes with one milling unit. When would a de- per- yeah, when would a yeah. dental office want to have multiple milling units? Well, you know, when you have, you know, a couple of associates working, so you want quite a few scan scanners and a few milling units because you don't want, you know, the bottleneck effect when there's three doctors, you know, doing rest crowns and you have there's one milling unit. So now you have a 15 minute wait time for your six minute crown milling, right? So that's when you would want to add a little, few more milling units so that there's no bottleneck effect. What What is a milling unit cost? Do you know? Uh, milling, well, also, it's probably going to be from uh, fifty to 60000 It's different ones out there now. And since I'm not on the sales part right. now, I don't, I don't know don't know the actual prices because, you know, I'm on the other side now. So, <laughs> Okay. So I want to get into something else. So I know that a lot of doctors are hesitant to, I mean, because they have to change, they have to change the way they practice, right? I wouldn't say it's that big of a change. It's prepping differently, maybe for porcelain restorations, but honestly, everybody's doing porcelain restorations now. Um, And it's just changing scheduling a little bit. Now, instead of doing an hour appointment for a crown prep, you do an hour and a half, but then you don't do a cementation appointment. So that probably is the biggest change. Okay, so so, so you find the doctors are pretty adaptable uh, to this. Now, I've also heard, and again, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, um, there's digital scanners out there and digital printers. And is a digital scanner kind of like the baby step to going to uh, CAD CAM? Is that, is that a correct statement? Or when would you suggest maybe if a doctor's hesitant, do they get a digital scanner first and then go to the technology or, or yeah, what? Yeah, you know, I always um, saw people considering digital scanners, but, you know, I'm, I think it's just my maybe personality go all in. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 you're young. Just, that You're young. That's what people do. That's right. Yeah. If you're considering doing it, honestly, it's not going to be that hard. Every, you, you went through demo school. If you've gotten yourself uh-huh. that far, Steric is not going to be that big of a problem. Just a little bit of training, a couple of times making a mistake and fixing it, and you're going to be a pro. Okay. So the last thing, because we're coming to the end of our time here, it, that I want to ask you is, okay, so obviously we started back in the 80s. With the, what was it? Seric, was it called Seric 1? Wasn't it called Seric yeah, 1? Yeah, Seric 1. Seric 1. Now we're at Seric. Is it, it 3D? Or is yeah, that? No, it's actually it's a Seric Prime Scan. Prime so Scan. I think, yes. Number so, five or number six unit already. Okay. So where do you see this technology going? I mean, what I, I'm sure like every technology that's out there, you don't just sit. I mean, Apple just doesn't sit on their laurels. They're up to what? Apple 27 or whatever it is on the iPhone or, and, and, yeah. and, and they're always looking at improvements. What kind of improvements and uh, modifications to Sarek do you see coming down the pipe? I uh, see a lot of, you know, obviously material choices are going to improve because all of the companies are getting on the bandwagon and producing blocks for CAD CAM. And I feel like the software improvements, probably milling time, uh, bigger, bigger restorations, anything you could, you could imagine and probably something unimaginable because usually when something new comes out, you're like, wow, you can do that now. So we just got to wait and see. No, but it's it, it is. I mean, I would imagine that uh, uh, the CAD CAM technology ten or twenty or thirty years from now is going to be so much different. Um, oh, oh, one other thing that came to mind: How about the size issue? I know that some offices have said I don't have room for this. Where do you like to put the milling units? And and uh, I mean, I know the 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 actual 
um, scanner and everything, it, it, it's on wheels. You can roll it from yeah. room to room, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, 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 so it's very movable. And the million unit, no, it's actually not that big. Um, it's just, and it's, the thing is, it's, it's actually also very movable. It's just plug and play. So it has a built-in uh, water tank. It doesn't have to be connected to the compressor. You just plug it into the electric outlet and it works. So, um, you know, you can have it in the lab. You, you, some people keep it close to the front office. So people waiting in the waiting room can see it going milling and then would take a look at it. And it's not too loud that it's uh, bothering people. Uh, there's specific cabinets that are blocking out the million. Oh, but that is, that is cool. So if you put it yes. where you know you have a, a new patient sitting in the front office and you have the front office administrator, hey, Mrs. Smith, uh, thanks for filling it out. It'll be a couple of minutes, but um, I'll tell you what, um, why don't you go ahead and um, uh, watch? We're, we're milling a crown right now, and this is how it works, and it's really, really cool. I mean, yes. how does that make a first impression, right? Exactly, exactly. And usually I we always suggest offices to have like a boss and keep putting the blocks that have been used. And people usually are asking, what is that? What is that? So that's also a conversation piece when the front office can explain, oh, that's how we make our crowns. And the last thing I want to talk about is doctors. I went on in preparation for interviewing Dr. Carvalite today. I went on a bunch of dentist websites. I, I, I actually put into... Uh, my my Google search it just said um, FAQs Sarek and I it, it what it popped up which was interesting was a bunch of dental offices and I went onto their websites and it's right on the front page of their website talking about our Sarek technology and how cool it is and what it does and maybe I actually had a couple that showed a video of how the milling machine milled the crown so yeah. uh, that's a good idea too isn't it. I think I think honestly, it's soon going to become standard of care. The more people find out about it, then they're going to start, you know, asking for it. I had a friend that was, it lives in New York, and you know, I helped her out with a crown. She said, "I don't understand how come my dentist doesn't have it. I'm going to go back there and tell him to get it." There you go, exactly. And um, again, it's Mark, doctors, and we're going to kind of put a bow on this, and we'll let Doctor Carvelite give her information out one more time. If you are Using the technology, I mean, I think, guys, it, ladies and gentlemen, it might just be a good idea for you to give her a call and just say, listen, uh, can you come in for a consultation and um, uh, and just kind of let me show you what I'm doing? And I would bet I bet you, Dr. Carvelite, that you've gone into offices and you've seen and you've been able to enhance their ability to use the technology, Right. Yeah, that's when I just started with Patterson. My my main goal was to go to every single office that already has a CEREC and make sure that it's not a paperweight. <laughs> right, but but you can go in if, if someone calls yeah. you to consult with them and they say, well, you know, I'm using it, but I, I just don't know. Is there anything else I can do with it? You yes. can show them like, you know, the, the inlays, the onlays, the, the guided implants, all these things that we've been talking Definitely. about. All of the capabilities. Right. So go ahead and give out your information one more time and then we'll uh, we'll wrap the show up. Okay. So my email is drjustie, J-U-S-T-E, at smilehqdental.com. And my cell phone number is 310-666-5853. Fantastic. Dr. Justy Carvelite, you are a lovely young lady, and we're excited to well to have you as part of our um, family at um, HMWC. And um, you've given some really, really great information. And doctors, um, Sarek CADCAM is not right for every practice, but it is, as Dr. Carvelite said, it's becoming standard of care. And again, I don't sell Sarek machines. I don't get a commission. I don't get anything. <laughs> We are providing information. And, and again, if you do have one of these machines, give her a call, um, do the training. Uh, again, my doctors that are most successful in their practices are the ones that put in a lot of continuing education and a lot of learning and get your teams involved. So again, Dr. Justy Carvelite, thank you so much for taking your time you. this morning. You, you've been fantastic. And again, ladies and gentlemen, let me give out our information one more time. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm at 714-259-0505 or email me at artwiederman at gmail.com. Go on to our company website, which is HMWCCPA. Go to the resources link. 
click on podcasts and you'll be able to see every one of the podcasts and download them. Download the podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, you can go on to your iTunes or your Android, subscribe. And every Wednesday morning, uh, comes out really early because it comes out of Atlanta. Um, uh, you'll get the new podcast. You just click and listen to it. Uh, the great thing about podcasts is you can listen to them on demand whenever you want to. Uh, and and it, again, if you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, a dental-specific CPA, like one from the Academy of Dental CPAs, understands all the things that Dr. Carvelite and I spoke about. They know SEREC. They've been to courses. In fact, uh, I didn't mention this in the show, but um, we actually went um, to, uh, when we were in Dallas at uh, Robert Edwards' meeting, we went and and we saw the technology. Uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it was absolutely amazing to see how it works. And they brought it into uh, Minneapolis. Uh, so it was absolutely amazing technology, and you should be looking at it. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is it for this edition of The Art of Dental Finance. Again, uh, let me just say one more time. Uh, if you're a member, if you're not working with a dental CPA, go to www.adcpa.org and look up our membership directory and find the dental CPA in your area in Southern California. That would be me. So again, that's it for this edition of The Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman CPA. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.